Heavenly Father, bless us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is coming again. Amen? Why did you laugh? Let's try that again. Jesus is coming again. Amen. Why did you laugh? You guys are looking confused. That's the title of the sermon. <clears throat> Why did you laugh? Have you ever laughed at the promises of God? Come. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. I'm going to give you a little bit, a little bit of background. In Genesis chapter 18, Abraham is about to be visited by God. And the Bible tells us that it was God and two angels that come to Abraham and, and he fixes them a meal and then they begin this discussion. And in verse 9, the Bible says, And they said unto him, that is Abraham, Abram, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with, with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed out loud. Did Sarah laugh out loud? No, 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 no. Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Am I, after I have waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, I of a surety shall bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied and looked at him crazy, <laughs> saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid because she was a good Seventh-day Adventist. And he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. You see, uh, we have Sarah here laughing at the promise of God. And some of you might be saying, well, you know, that's Sarah. You know, Sarah was, you know, Abraham's wife. But Abraham, you know, he was the father of faith. Amen. Except, if you go one chapter back, Chapter 17, verse 15, God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham, the father of faith, fell on his face and laughed. You see, you have to understand why Abraham laughed because Abraham was 75 years old when, when God first called him and gave him this, this, this promise that, that, that he and Sarah were going to have a son. And I want you to imagine, you know, Abraham hears this news and, and he's excited. God's word has spoken. God said that we're going to have a son. And so, you know, eight months passed by and guess what? No son. But you know, they're like, hey, not a problem. God's word always comes to pass. Amen. Another year passes. Hey, 
It may seem that God is not on time, but trust us. God is an on-time God. Somebody say amen. Four years pass. God's word will do what it says it will do. Amen. Ten years pass. Fifteen years pass. Twenty years pass. Twenty-five years pass. And no son. Abraham and Sarah begin to doubt their name, begin to doubt their identity. That's Genesis chapter 18. So, so let me give you the context of this laughter. In order to do that, we're going to go back to the very beginning of the book of Genesis. And we know that in Genesis chapter 1 through 5, the Bible there uh, summarizes the, 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 the story of sin and how sin entered into planet Earth. That's Genesis chapter 1 to, verse, to, ch to chapter 5. But then you have Genesis chapter 6 where, where God speaks to a man by the name of Noah. And he says to Noah, Noah, I'm going to call you to preach and you're going to preach for how long? 120 years. So check this out. The first time prophecy in the Old Testament is the 120 year time prophecy. Are you with me? All right, watch this, guys. In this time prophecy, uh, uh, God says to, to Noah, you're going to preach. I'm going to give people a period of probation, a period of mercy that's going to last 120 years. If they do not accept the salvation that is offered to them at the end of this period, they will be cut off. Y'all not feeling me. You see, what happened at the end of that 120 years is that salvation came through a man who was lifted up above the earth on wood. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And those who rejected this man who had been lifted up above the earth on wood, they were cut off and God raised up a new people that were to be fruitful and multiplied. Hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of the 70-week prophecy in the New Testament. How many of you, do, do you, does that remind you of that? Yeah, 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 the 70-week prophecy which pointed to, to Christ coming to this earth, a period of mercy being given to God's people in the Old Testament. Listen, a man is coming. He is going to be lifted up on the cross above the earth. He's going to be lifted up on wood, and those who reject him will be cut off, and I will raise up a new people whose job it will be to be fruitful and multiply. That's it. That's Genesis chapter 6 all the way through to chapter 10. When we get to Genesis chapter 11, we find something very interesting. We find this, 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 this uh, story of a man by the name of Nimrod building this tower, uh, and we call it the Tower of Babel. And this Tower of Babel was a symbol of rebellion. Kind of reminds me of Babylon. Yeah, 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 you know that other prophecy in the book of Revelation which speaks about this power called Babylon during the Dark Ages that sought to exalt itself against God. That time prophecy was the 1,260-year prophecy. Check this out, guys. Genesis chapter 6 through 10 reflects the 70-week prophecy. Genesis chapter 11, we find this rebellion taking place at a place called Babel. Hold on. At the end of Genesis chapter 11, you have the story of Abraham being called out of Ur of the Chaldees. You have Abraham 
being called out of Babylon. You guys, <laughs> can you think of a time prophecy in which God's people were called out of Babylon? Yes, yes, come on, come on. The 2300 day prophecy, 1844. Did God raise up a people in 1844? Yeah, did God call Abraham, to, did God say to Abraham, Abraham, you're going to produce a great multitude. Beloved, check this out. We are in the Bible. You want to know why I'm excited? Because our story is in the Bible. Who would have thought that Genesis chapter 1, all the way to... Now check this out. Wait, wait, wait. That's Genesis chapter 12 where God calls Abraham out of Ur, the Chaldees. Now, from Genesis chapter 12 all the way to chapter 17 or chapter 18, what you have happening is... Abraham is waiting for the promised son. No, no, no. Let's rephrase that. Abraham is waiting for the coming of the promised son. He's waiting for the advent. 1844, God called this movement into existence. And we were told that Jesus was coming again. And our response, amen, yes. Woo! He didn't come. 1850. Beloved, you believe Jesus is coming again? Amen. A hearty amen. <clears throat> 1880. Jesus is coming again. Amen. 1920. Jesus is coming again. Amen. Yeah, you, you hear us beginning to go down. A amen. 1950, Jesus is coming again. <laughs> amen. 1999, Y2K. Jesus is really coming again. 2010, 2015, 2018. And many of us, Tonight, Jesus is coming again. You know what we did? We laughed. I've heard this before, Pastor. My, my parents thought Jesus was coming in their time, and their parents thought Jesus was coming in their time. We've heard this before. And so what begins to happen is that our doubt begins to creep in. We begin to doubt who we are. We begin to doubt our mission and our identity. Don't laugh. Because Jesus is coming again. We have not believed cunningly devised fables. Don't laugh. You see, beloved, Satan wants to put doubt in your heart and in your mind and have us to begin to doubt who we are and to doubt our mission. By the way, Abram's name was changed to Abraham because his mission was in his name. God gave this church a name, Seventh-day Adventist, and that name, it describes who we are as a people. It's our mission. It's our identity. 
So I just gave you the context of Genesis chapter 18, that laughter. We see, we follow this pattern all the way from Genesis 1, all the way up to Genesis 18. Now, check this out. Remember, the last thing we read in Genesis 18 was God telling Abraham, listen, uh, 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 you will have a son. The son will come. In the meantime, God rises, and he's about to leave Abraham. You mind if I get excited all by myself for a second? <laughs> because God is about to do something. So Abraham rises with him in the angels, and God says, okay, I got to tell Abraham because I'm about to do something. So, so he says to Abraham, Abraham, listen, I am going down to Sodom and Gomorrah to investigate. Nah, nah. I learned something. I learned that in Adventism, silence is the new excitement. I learned that, and it's taken me many years to get that, but I'm getting the hang of it. So I'm going to be silent with you just for a second. While Abraham is waiting for the promised son, God says, now, Abraham, I want to work on your character. So I'm about to tell you something. I am going down to investigate. There's going to be an investigative judgment. Abraham, I want to see how you respond. And Abraham begins to plead and intercede for, listen to me, for the enemies of God. You want character change? Intercede for your enemies. You see, beloved, God's trying to tell us while we are waiting for the second coming, while we are waiting for the promised son to come, we ought to be doing something, and that is we ought to be uh, uh, we ought to be interceding for those who are the enemies of God and our own enemies. Wow. Wow. And Abraham is pleading and pleading. Listen to me. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we're to be doing. That's why he called us. God wants us to reconcile the world to himself. See, our problem in this church is that We've been given the ministry of reconciliation, but we cannot even reconcile amongst ourselves. So how are we going to reconcile the world with God when we cannot even reconcile among ourselves? Ministries jealous of ministries. Ministers jealous of ministers. Brother jealous of brother. Listen to me. In the world, in the world, that term brother has a totally different meaning in the church. In the world, like, you know, my, when, I, when, when I was in the world, when you said brother to someone, it was like, yo, bro, brother, brother. Brother was like, brother. In the church, brother means prepare for a rebuke. Brother. <laughs> brother, may I have a word with you? Anytime I hear brother, I'm like, oh, no. it's, it's a terrifying word in Adventism. Brother. It should not be like that. Brother should actually mean brother, but it doesn't. We pick at each other and, and we police each other. And we, we're looking for how we can outdo one another. And beloved, God cannot trust us with the ministry of reconciliation when we can't even do it in-house. You see, beloved, God follows his own advice. God tells us in Matthew 18, if you have art with someone, what do you do? You go to them yourself. And if they don't hear you, you send two witnesses. And if they don't hear them, you bring it before the church. Amen? So let me ask the question. Did Jesus have aught with this world? 
Yes, he did. And guess what he did? He came to this world himself. Uh, humanity, I have an issue with you. You sinned. Can we, uh, can we re be reconciled? Humanity said, no. We're going to put you on the cross. That's a 70-week prophecy. You know that, right? That's, a that's pointing to Jesus coming, the 70-week prophecy. So they rejected Jesus. So what does Jesus do? He follows his own advice. If they reject me, I'm going to send two witnesses. Yeah, yeah, two witnesses. All the New Testament, 1,260 years. Revelation 11. How do they treat the two witnesses? They killed them. So if they don't hear the two witnesses, the last chance for reconciliation is you bring it before the church. That final prophecy, beloved, 1844, the 2300-day prophecy, is God raising up a church with the ministry of reconciliation in mind because he wants to win the world back to himself. And listen to me, beloved. You owe this to Jesus. Did you hear me? Y'all didn't hear me. How many of you gave your life to Christ? You gave your life to Christ. Amen? All right, so you know what happens? You owe Jesus a testimony. You owe him your life. Listen, let me make it plain. You see, what happened in 1844 is, is in 1844, God launched a special council. He launched a probe. Because he was trying to, to, to the, the judgment was about determining uh, who is guilty of colluding with a foreign power. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Think with me, guys. Think with me. Come on, man. Keep your mind spiritual right now. Please. Please. Don't come up to me afterwards. Let's be spiritual right now, okay? The investigative judgment is, is a probe by a special counsel in heaven. And what that special counsel is, is looking at is who is guilty of colluding with a foreign power. You see, beloved, that foreign power is none other than Satan and his kingdom. And here's what God finds. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, meaning all of us were guilty of collusion. Every last one of us. But guess what? There is good news. Because God offers a plea deal. <laughs> God offers a plea deal and it's a sweet deal. Because that deal is if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And guess what? We don't have to serve any time. It's a sweet deal. You remember the guy named David in the Bible who, who colluded with the devil when he had Uriah killed? Remember that story? And the Bible says that, that he was found out and he repented. Amen. 
And, and when he repented, the prophet Nathan comes to him and says, listen, you have repented, you will live, but the child you have is going to die. What a messed up story. Until we discover that the child that died, even though he doesn't have a name, he was a male child, meaning he was the son of David. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. The son of David, having done no wrong. Y'all not feeling me. <laughs> having done no wrong, dies that someone else might live. Beloved, that's the plea deal. So when you accept Christ, guess what? It's a sign that Jesus has flipped you. And when he flips you, you become his witnesses. And as his witnesses, you owe it to him to testify. Are you catching me? God desires us to testify, and to testify means that we are demonstrating before the world the goodness of God and what he has done in our lives. Because we now believe and know that Jesus is coming again. We understand the purpose of our name, Seventh-day Adventists. We believe that Jesus is coming again. And here's a problem, beloved. Many of us have taken that name for granted. You see, many of us don't know what it means to be a Seventh-day Adventist. What does it mean to be a Seventh-day Adventist? You believe in the Sabbath, you believe in the Second Coming, and you believe in the sanctuary. Amen? Check this out. I, I have a little time left. I'm going to cover these three, and then we're going to close this up. Listen, guys, what does it mean to be a Seventh-day Adventist? To be a Seventh-day Adventist means you believe in the Sabbath. Amen. You're like, Pastor, we got that. Move on to the next one. Hold on. You see, the Sabbath is a celebration of God's creative power, right? How God created the earth, amen? The problem is many of us stop right there. We don't realize that the Sabbath, the celebration of the Sabbath, is more than about the creation of the world. You see, beloved, when you come to Christ, he makes you a new creation. You started out in darkness, and then God said, let there be light. And then you were baptized in waters, and then you brought forth new fruit. And then he brought to you the greater light and the lesser light. And then he made you a fisher of men. And then he recreated you in his image. The Sabbath is a celebration of a changed life in you. So if all we're celebrating is God creating the world 6,000 years ago, we have missed the purpose of the Sabbath. Y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> if you have not been recreated, if the creative power of God is not working in your life, you don't fully understand what it means to be a Seventh-day Adventist. You see, the Sabbath was also given as a sign of redemption, how God took the children of Israel out of captivity. They could not keep the Sabbath in captivity. They had to be taken out of captivity in order to keep the Sabbath. So, beloved, the Sabbath is a sign that God has taken you out of captivity from alcoholism, from drugs. And look, you don't have to have a big testimony. Oh, yes, you know, uh, I was an ex-drug dealer. I was a... You can be an ex-Laodicean. Whoa! That's a testimony. Wow, you know, I remember I was an ex-Leodicean. We don't hear testimonies like that. It's always, I was an ex-killer, murderer, and I stabbed, you know, all kinds. 
You can have a testimony without doing that. You can be an ex-Laodicean. Did you know that in the Greek, the letter X is a symbol for Christ? So when, when, you, when, when you fully embrace the Sabbath, you become an ex. Man. <laughs> Young people, you get what I'm saying. X. You become an X-Man. The Sabbath is a sign that God has recreated your life. What about the second coming? Very quickly. Second coming. How many of you believe in the second coming? You don't believe in the rapture. The second coming, Jesus comes again. Every eye sees him. Jesus, uh, the Bible says that he comes with the clouds. The Bible says that the wicked are, are slain and the righteous brought to life. The Bible says that, that we are caught up to meet him in the air and that Satan is bound for a thousand years. Is that right? Did you know that Jesus said, I will go and I will come again to you? Did you know that when he said, I will come again to you, he was talking about coming to us through the Holy Spirit? Do you realize that in order to experience the second coming of Jesus Christ, you must first experience the second coming? <laughs> no, 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 no. Beloved, in order to, to be ready for the second coming of Jesus, you must first experience the second coming. Listen, guys. When Jesus comes again, every eye sees him. The rapture is a lie. If someone says, Jesus came and you can't see him, guess what? It's a lie. Many Adventists believe the rapture because you believe that Jesus is secret in you. I can't see Jesus. Oh, yeah, he's here. <laughs> no, 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 beloved. Jesus said, if they tell you and you don't see him, it's a lie. Wow. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you okay? When Jesus comes again, beloved, into the heart, guess what? Every eye sees him. Yeah, yeah, you've changed. Guess what? The wicked man dies. And the righteous man is brought to life. We are caught up together in heavenly places. Amen. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen. And guess what? Satan is bound. Y'all not feeling it. <laughs> Satan is bound where he cannot do the things he once did in your life. You see, beloved, to be a Seventh-day Adventist means the world can look at you and see the glory of God in you. One more, one more, the sanctuary. See, the whole sanctuary process, check this out. I have a whole man. Okay. All right. We're, we're about to juice the whole book of Exodus right now. Are you ready for this? Right now. No, 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 no. I'm serious. I'm serious. In Exodus chapter 1, God calls a man named Moses. Moses is afraid to speak, but God calls him after the children of Israel have spent 40, 400 years in captivity. Guess what? 1260 years of captivity. And at the end of that time period, God calls a man by the name of William Miller who is afraid to speak. Y'all not feeling me. Y'all not feeling me. Moses leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. William Miller and the Millerites lead God's people out of Babylon. God gives the Israelites the Sabbath. He reminds them of the Sabbath. Guess what? God gave his church the Sabbath. In Exodus 20, God gives his church the Ten Commandments. Guess what God gives the end time church after the, after the 2300 day prophecy? He gives them the Ten Commandments. And then we get to Exodus 25 where God gives them the sanctuary message. Y'all not feeling me. And from Exodus 25 all the way to chapter 40, the Bible says that they were working on completing the temple. You see, beloved, the sanctuary is about cleansing the temple. It's about cleansing the temple. It's about cleansing the temple. 
And when that work is done, beloved, the Bible says that when, when they finished building the sanctuary, the Bible says a cloud descended. Y'all not feeling me? When the work of preaching this message is done, a cloud will descend. Beloved, it's time to stop laughing. Now is not the time to laugh. When, when Sarah had Isaac, she called his name Isaac. It means laughter. The time is not now to laugh. When Jesus comes again, we will laugh. We get the last laugh. It's not a, I got you laugh. It's not a, I told you laugh. It's a laugh of joy. So, beloved, now is not the time to laugh. Let's be about our Father's business. Let's not doubt our name. Let's not doubt our mission. Let's do the work that God has called us to do. And when we complete that work, then Jesus will come again. Jesus is coming again. Amen? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us. Lord, remind us that we have not believed cunningly devised fables. Lord, forgive us for doubting the promises. Forgive us for doubting who we are and the mission you have called us to accomplish. Lord, let us be about your business. Let us as witnesses testify on your behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your word will do what it says it will do. Set us on fire, Lord. Renew our passion. Renew our zeal. And may we intercede for a world that needs to be reconciled with you. Thank you for speaking to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.